0: Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel.
1: Thank you so much for dropping in on Series 9. Now, this is a series where I've reached out to my past guests, parents, to see if they are okay with coming on a podcast. Some of them are a little too shy, and some of them have come on, and we have heard from both of my parents, and I have another guest today. This is Episode 79. Let me introduce the guest that we will be chatting with today. This guest is mother to Episode 60. That was Series 7, where I had Canadian Paralympians on. You might want to catch that and listen to it, Episode 60, if you haven't listened to it yet. Now, this guest grew up in Calgary. She started skiing at the age of three in, at Sunshine Village, skiing every weekend for as long as she can remember. Making her way out west, she went to Selkirk, Selkirk College in Castlegard for forestry, and then on to resource management at UBC and stayed in Vancouver-Whistler area ever since. She's had an active career as a resource management consultant until her kids' skiing schedules got a little too chaotic. She has two children. Her son, Curtis, attending the University of Calgary, is a Whistler Mountain Ski Club alumni. Now, her daughter, we know from episode 60, who is a skier, university student, award winner, Team Canada, multi-medalist Paralympian. The other two family members are two dogs, Brady, who is 10, and Billy, who's fresh, 14 weeks. This guest was a volunteer coordinator for the Whistler Mountain Ski Club for about 10 years. She's always been active in her kids' ski careers. She has a passion for skiing in the winter and hiking and biking in the summer. The mountains are where she's happiest. This mother, skier, hiker, biker, volunteer has brought up some amazing kids. Let's drop in with Abby Mlowski. Hello. Hi Did there. I get- they get all of that right.
0: You got it all right. That was awesome. Yeah, okay.
1: thank you. No, thank you for dropping in today. Sure. Are you ready for the 10 rapid fire that are never rapid fire questions so well, that I the, hope so. <laughs> it's just so the listeners and the viewers get to know you a little bit better. Sure. Okay, number 1, where in the world are you today? Whistler.
0: Whistler. Rainy Whistler.
1: Yeah. I know, is it raining? Okay, yeah, so we're recording April 16th, 2023 and it's it's not quite spring yet. Yeah. 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 Okay. Number two, what drew you to the mountains?
0: Um, My family, I guess. I mean, just being in Calgary, we were always close to the mountains. And my dad got involved in the development of Sunshine Village when we were really little. Whistler too, actually. He was on the original board of directors for uh, when it was Garibaldi Lift Company up here so we just always spent a ton of time in the mountains and and i loved it year round and just carried on with that that's
1: like a uh, very
0: cool tidbit yeah yeah we actually used to stay you know where the whistle mountain ski club is um, yeah and there's a cabin right near it that uh, they're trying to turn into coaches cabin now but it used to be the manager of whistle mountain we used to stay there when we were like in the i I don't want to give my age away we (laughs) used to stay there when i was really little yeah yeah, yeah, hillside. that's so, awesome. Yeah, so even though we grew up in, yeah, you know, I grew up in Calgary, it's uh, deep roots here in Whistler, too. Oh,
1: fair. do you know yeah. my parents? I mean, like it's
0: such a small I, community. I know, I do. Anyways, I don't, yeah. they've, been
1: here. they've been here forever.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyways, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, number three, when your kids were younger, what was offered to them after school for programs and sports and stuff like that?
0: Everything. Uh, I just wanted to expose them to anything and everything we could, you know, when Molly was born, um, missing the um, digits on her hand, we just thought, you know what, we just got to get her out there and do everything. So she started in a little baby gymnastics class at six weeks old. And uh, (laughs) we we just went from there. So they did everything there was there was gymnastics. um, I think they did the required swimming and and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing, soccer um horse molly did horseback riding and uh, cool. we just we just kind of wanted them to be exposed to everything and you know see where their passion was and see what they wanted to continue on with
1: I love that that's that's such a great opportunity I think yeah yeah um okay we'll we'll get we'll get it more into that in a second yeah sure uh, number four this is more about you what was the last book that you read
0: Oh, um, I'm so bad with remembering
1: titles. Um, I am too, so don't worry. I, I'm,
0: in, I'm in the middle of it right now, but it's a it's a it's a fiction story actually, yeah. but it's kind of based on a true story of the Lehman Brothers um, whole fiasco in New York, the investment banking collapse, and that sort of thing. So it and a family from from uh, Africa that came here to work for one of the family members or one of the senior employees at Lumen Brothers. So it's quite interesting because you know, oh, it's kind of based on fact, but it's, but it's also fiction. Yeah.
1: I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. Nice. Um, okay. Number five, was school a big part in your kid's life or was there time for them to take out of school for sport?
0: Uh, they took out a lot of time from school for sport as they got older. Well, Mm -hmm. Molly being older than Curtis, she started skiing. I'm going to say it was probably grade six, maybe even grade five, started doing a lot of training on Thursdays and Fridays as well as Saturday and Sunday. So we often, they were at school in West Vancouver, but we often came up to Whistler on Wednesday night and they skied Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Curtis, even though he wasn't Quite as active in skiing yet. I mean, yeah. has, none of his group skied weekends or yeah. weekdays. But he, uh, you know, I had to bring him up with me because I couldn't leave him at
1: home. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so they missed a lot of school, and then especially okay. in high school, they they missed a, a, a ton of school. And were and then, they
1: to, were the schools okay with that? Like, did they graduate on time? Yeah, the schools were great. Um, yeah. They,
0: um, you know, they didn't at the time have any kind of special program um for for missing school but uh they were really accommodating i i kind of told my kids they had to be the ones that communicated well with their teachers and with the principal and they had to keep their marks up and and then we could do this but uh i occasionally had to intervene but not very often and they yeah everything there were you know i think as typical with a lot of um athlete kids the busier they are the better they perform so they needed yeah. to be busy in school they needed to be busy in skiing and and yeah. uh and it worked and yeah they graduated on time Curtis was a COVID grade 12 graduate so that was a little bit oh, different brutal. so Great, he was actually I think he was in the middle of a race series up in Whistler when the world shut down. So he just stayed up here and, you know, never went back to school again, did not did some, um, they did some stuff online, but
1: yeah, it, it, is, it is. It is kind of a, it's a dip, very well, I'm older. So it's a very different world from what I was in. There was no like online courses at the time. Yeah. So I think it's a lot easier now for kids to yeah yeah kind of yeah. get us And now with COVID and then they've like, altered everything, I think. (laughs)
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. His whole first year of university was online. So yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. Brutal. Okay.
1: Uh, Number six. Now, would you be at all of your kids' events when they were younger? I tried. It was
0: hard to be at everything because there was competing schedules with them Curtis also played a lot of basketball. So it was, I tried to go, I I was on the road a ton with them and I tried to balance and be able to be there for both kids. But when they were younger, for sure, it was, you know, at that time, parent volunteers were a huge part of ski racing. So we went and we cooked, we drove, we did all of that kind of stuff. So I, and I loved being there. I had a hard time watching just out of nerves, (laughs) but I loved, I loved being at at anything I could go to. Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, Number seven I'm excited to hear the answer to this question because I know you're everywhere volunteering your time nowadays. How active is your lifestyle? Uh,
0: very. Like active, active um, volunteering or All of the yeah. I mean,
1: vo- I would say volunteering is still being very active. Like you're yeah. on your feet organizing. What, was, what were you just organizing? A NORAM?
0: Yeah, the NORAM finals were held here in Whistler. So that was huge. Uh, I normally do Whistler Cup, I've done Whistler Cup for about 10 years, right. but because the Norams was right before, there's no way to do both. Right. So that was huge. I, I've been the volunteer coordinator at the ski club for a long time. I I've, I've. I. think I have finally
1: have moved edged away out? from
0: it. <laughs> I've, I've kind of stepped away three times now, and, okay. but never actually stepped they away. They keep
1: pulling you back yeah. in. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so I think Norams might be it, but yeah, so that that's all huge, big, big volunteering, but I'm also... I'm training to do this. Um, I don't. I don't know if you saw it last fall, last October, the Everesting thing that was here on. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah. So I'm training to do the one in Jackson Hole in in mid July. So.
1: Can you, you explain to people what that is? Because so
0: it you have it's crazy here. hours to. Um, it's at three or four different locations in North America, and yeah. you have thirty. They they choose a hike. And you have 30 and they calculate what the elevate what, how many times you have to do that hike to reach the elevation of Everest. So it's called 29029, which is the height of Everest. So um, I'm always looking for a goal to stay fit. I'm not motivated enough to just keep going for no reason. So I always need, whether it's a big hike that I'm going to do or, you know, some kind of trip and the last few years I've been lacking that goal. And I was doing Mm -hmm. the ascent trail with a girlfriend last October. And I saw this event going on, and I went, okay, there's my goal. Yeah. And uh, so, I, but I didn't want to do it at Whistler because it was just too familiar. And and I didn't think I could. be a trail you have to do eight times to reach the height of Everest. And I, and you have 36 hours to do it. You start at 6 a.m. on uh, Friday morning, and you have until 6 p.m. on the Saturday to, to finish it. So I looked Dude. at there were other events. So I'm, I'm doing Jackson Hole, which this is the first time they've done Jackson Hole, and I think it's going to okay. be probably. That they say it's going to be the hardest one because you have to do it 19 times, but it's really steep. Why so... not? Why not?
1: Why wouldn't you set that goal for yourself to go to the hardest <laughs> one possible? One that
0: fit in my schedule. So okay. So I've been trying <laughs> oh, to gosh. train for that in between all of this other stuff. So, and wow. every day I wake up and I go, "Okay, today's the day. I'm really going to start to focus on this." And now I really have to,
1: or I'm oh, going to die. <laughs> gosh, 19 times. What's is, that, is there an elevation?
0: Difference yeah. in Jackson? Yes, so I'm going. It's it starts on a Friday morning. I'm going to go out on the Tuesday, just yeah, so just I to can,
1: acclimatize.
0: Yeah, and which you know, I hummed and hawed about that because you also apparently for this particular hike, you see the whole thing. It's short. It's yeah. it's only it's one point one miles.
1: Um, okay, but where, like straight up.
0: Yeah, so you know where the ascent trail is nice and meandering through trees and you know varied terrain. So you can see this whole thing from the bottom. Right. So I was a bit worried about kind of getting there and. and looking at it <laughs> <I> go, <"Shoot, laughs> totally. I have to do this 19 times.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh I don't even want to do the ascent trail once it's uh, oh, well,
0: so hard. it's funny because you know I'm working with a trainer and I said to her I don't think I can do the ascent trail twice how can I do this and she goes well you could if you had to you know when yeah to do it you don't have the mindset that you're going to just ride the gondola down and go and do it again right that yeah yeah oh. if you were training for this but we'll see and they have they've set different goals as certain I can't remember how many times. I think it's if you do it twelve times you've reached the height of Kilimanjaro. And oh that's they cool. set different goals. So if you okay. you know if you don't make it, then you've you've always achieved something. And I did Kilimanjaro right. in twenty fourteen. So you're like a kind of Okay, That's my goal then. Okay. And anything on top of that'll be a bonus. I think
1: you're gonna get nineteen. I don't, I've just met you, but I feel like you've got the determination. (laughs) Okay. Oh my gosh. So, okay. This next question is actually bang on point. Number eight, how do you motivate yourself on days that you might be lacking motivation to get outside and be active?
0: Well, I can't now, right? I have to, I just have to do it. Even if (laughs) I don't get outside and I kind of turned, you know, when April didn't, Sometimes April can be really nice in Whistler, right? And sometimes it's really crappy. And we've had yeah. some beautiful days for sure, but yeah. we've had a lot of really crappy ones. And I have a hard time on those days. And of course, there's you yeah. can't do a ton of hiking yet because there's too much snow. Exactly. will so but I have to make myself do something. So I, I'll even just like I'll do step ups on my coffee table, nice. and uh, and I'll just go. Yeah. Okay, I got to do it for half an hour, and I, you know, just something so I make sure because yeah. I wake up every morning going am I going how can I be ready and stuff so I just uh, and having yeah. dogs motivates you too cuz they've yeah. got to get out for exercise so yeah. that that helps
1: yeah for sure nice um number 9 what makes you smile my kids yes uh, a... <laughs> my parents said that to me i was like oh <laughs> i
0: love watching them grow and develop i miss you know, as soon as they move on to another stage in life, I miss the previous stage, but I'm so excited right. for the stage they're in and stuff. But yeah. you know what? Just everything does too. just being, you know, up in the mountains, having the kind of a freedom and flexibility to choose what I want to do and stuff. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. We do live in
1: a pretty special place. Yeah. It's
0: pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Okay. Number 10, this is the last one of the rapid fire. Did you know about your kid's passion from a young age? Um, yes.
0: Um, especially with Molly, but with Curtis too. I mean, I was active, you know, I grew up active. Um, my, my former husband and I were active. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there was no question my kids were going to be active. I loved my life growing up spending every weekend in Banff. And yeah. I wanted to replicate that for my kids. So, you know, which is why, you know, living in, in Vancouver Whistler made sense. Yeah, And I just wanted them to have that kind of same joy of every Friday, heading up to the mountains and skiing for the weekend and, and heading back. So they were active from day one, but Molly, you know, like was born active. She was, uh, you know, I, I always tell her the story when she was like seven months old and in one of those little exercise things, and she just had developed quads already. And I'm just going, where did that come from? So they both, you know, they both, they just, you know, we just went from day one and they, um, yeah uh, you know they they just love being outside and doing stuff so
1: awesome. so yeah
0: active was a requirement really in our family
1: <laughs> very cool that was the rapid fire we made it through <laughs> awesome. always fun yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i do want to get into like having all the opportunities to try different sports when you're little i think that's kind of the theme and like parents allowing their kids a little bit of independence would you say that that's a path that you took as well with your kids?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, today, you know, independence is a little harder, right? So for Mm -hmm. sure, you know, they had, um, um, you know, the freedom to, the only activity that was non-negotiable for me was swimming lessons because i wanted them to to be you know to know how to swim and feel comfortable in any water and stuff so that was the only non-negotiable and they'll both tell you that's the thing they hated most oh really they, yeah they hated the cold water they hated having to go they hated all these snotty kids in the pool and stuff oh my like God, that I love it. and and th- those are the bad memories that they have of me but you know what they're bad memories for me growing up too we you know i remember my mom you know Forcing me into the car to get me to the Y to take swimming lessons. But that was just the one thing that I didn't care what else there they wanted to do. They needed to yeah. know how to be safe around water and how to swim and, and stuff like that. So a um, good
1: mom tip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was the, you know, the non-negotiable forced schedule. Otherwise, yeah. all their activities, they, um, you know, obviously we steered them when they were young. And, and you know, in some respects, skiing was non-negotiable because we were right. a skiing family, but they loved yeah. it. They both loved it from the second yeah. they put ski boots on and stuff. So it was, that was easy. And They, they didn't, understood. wait, they
1: didn't go, wait, they didn't go to ski scamps kicking and screaming? Um, um, <laughs> you know,
0: Molly did a little bit to begin with. Yeah. Curtis, Curtis never did. And I think Curtis benefited from seeing, what his sister enjoyed. So he was kind of like, yeah. she likes it. I'm going to like it too. Yeah. I and think we have to
1: normalize that, that like most kids maybe start off kicking and screaming. Yeah, and then yeah. once they're in it, cause I did the same, I was yeah. like throwing fits and then I was like, okay, I'm in it. I really love this.
0: <laughs> well, the, and the, the, the cue for me was that when we went to pick them up, they wanted to ski some more.
1: So they've been out there yeah. all
0: day and they wanted to do, we did Blackcomb comb base. Um, okay. um Uh, for Molly, I guess, because it was the easiest for someone with a bit of a disability to have everything right there. The bathroom was right there. You know, they, if they were on the little slope there, they didn't have to get into that little shuttle thing that they had at Creekside base to, you know, so, um, uh, so as soon as I picked them up, they wanted to go up the wizard chair, which, so that, you know, that was a win then they wanted to do a couple of more runs and go faster and, you know, and everything else. So even if they, kicked and screamed in the morning. I knew they were enjoying it. And yeah. you know what? They had great instructors, right? The, yeah. The, I mean, the ones that work with the little kids, oh, my God, they have to do everything, right? They have to I take know. them to the bathroom. They have to <laughs> wipe their noses. They have to, have to put the skis on every single one of them and stuff. Yeah. So, and so they also became babysitters and stuff, too. You got to know them. so Totally, uh, totally. So, yeah, yeah. And
1: so it started in ski scamps and then the opportunity to go into the J – J four. Yeah. And Molly didn't do it at
0: first. She didn't want to. She stayed in uh um, I mean, I think it's called Ultimate Eights now or something like that. It wasn't at yeah. the time, but she yeah. uh I think it was level eight, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. She
0: wanted to stick with a level eight. She had some of her friends went on to do, you know, the first year of J four and stuff, and she just wasn't feeling it yet. I mean, she was loving yeah. skiing and she was, you know, um, you know, that we'd have our, you know, a rainy day like today, and she'd be the only kid that would show up for for <laughs> yeah. ski school and stuff. So she loved it, but she wasn't ready. And she was a competitive gymnast at the time. So she was quite busy with that too. Yeah, But she wasn't re- quite ready to go into J4 yet. And so she didn't, she missed the first year of J4, went into the, the second year, but then, you know what, she was in that. Then she loved it, and then Curtis, but just because of who he was with and his friends, he went straight into straight in yeah day four after Ultimate Eight. <laughs> yeah,
1: and was there a point in time that they, or like an age when they started to really specify what sport they chose?
0: Um, uh, for Molly, it was tough because she loved gymnastics, and we mm-hmm. would we like we would just do insane things. We would. Come up and you know Wednesday and and she'd ski Thursday and then we'd go down for gymnastics practice on Thursday and we'd drive up at midnight on Thursday night so she could oh, ski God. on Friday and and we did that a lot. She had a hard time and Curtis was the same with basketball. Basketball became it had to become a natural choice because basketball was on Sundays okay. uh, the the game so he had to make a choice and and chose skiing. Molly stuck with gymnastics with both as long as she could because the gymnastics was so good for skiing too, the Mm -hmm. spatial awareness and stuff. But after she tore her first ACL, it was tough to go back to gymnastics. And that was heartbreaking for her. I remember pulling up outside the gymnastics center and she went in by herself to go and talk to her coaches and say she had to. Retire from it, and you know, and there was, I mean, lots of tears, and, and and because they were a family too, it was the same as ski racing, right? You're with mm-hmm. the same kids, and you're traveling to competitions, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So that that was tough for her, but but it, you know, again, it became a natural choice that she uh, she couldn't really continue on with the gymnastics.
1: Totally yeah. fair, and yeah. then we got into the Paralympic realm, and you said you went to events when they were younger. Yeah. Did you go? and watch in person for the para games for
0: the, I, I went to Korea. Yeah. Okay. And which was, which was awesome. I went, Curtis came with me and my sister and nephew came as well, which was awesome. fun.
1: And, uh, I mean, and you guys she, had good weather.
0: You know what? It was too warm. Like we were, I mean, it would be like, I don't know, zero or, you know, kind of, you know, one or two when we first got there in the morning. And by the end of the day, we are sitting in 20 degrees and in t-shirts and I stuff don't feel that for you. I don't feel that because I was
1: there. That was my fourth winter Olympics yeah. and it was like minus 25. Uh, yeah, that would be both
0: watching, right? Oh. Sitting in the stands. It was hard for the athletes though, right? I mean, they would come down from their run and they'd just be sweltering and they'd have right. to, you know, wait a couple of hours and, you know, go and inspect again and do their second run. But yeah. Um, yeah, no. For us, we were we were fortunate with that. For sure, it made it nice for walking around um, Chang and stuff yeah. like that too. You know, at the end of the day.
1: And what was um, yours and Curtis's like feelings? Was it like, were you like super emotional watching or like? Yeah, like covering I didn't know what
0: eye. to expect. Well, I always cover my. You know, after okay. Molly's. Um, First couple of injuries, yeah. I just I get a pit in my stomach every time she goes. And, you know, and I know speed is her favorite thing. So I know what, you know, so I uh, know I'm the mom who would run up the bleachers to the yeah. very top and face the wall and plug my ears and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'd wait for another parent. Usually it was Mac Marcoux's mom would come up and tap me on the shoulder and she'd go, you can come yeah. down now. <laughs> and uh, so I have a really hard time watching and then especially... I mean, especially the, the speed races, but then also second run. Like if I know she's, you know, a contender, a medal contender, when it comes to second run, I just more yeah. of the ner- nerves as opposed to worried about injury and stuff. But, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. And, and I had some watch parties here um, during the Beijing Olympics. And yeah. literally, I was in my bathroom with the sink running and my ears plugged while everybody in the chair watching. Then, no,
1: I love this.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, that's I'm wild. A, yeah. So everybody else can watch my, you know, Curtis can watch five yeah. and stuff and they all think I'm crazy, but Yeah. It's uh...
1: No, that's the mom way. I don't yeah. know. My mom my mom's like I can hardly watch anything. But when I used <laughs>
0: to watch her both of them ra- in races at this at Whistler Mountain yeah I would I'm usually on the hill volunteering for something and when it came to like two or three racers before them yeah. I would go and hide in one of the cans you know where they keep all the nets and stuff yep. like that I'd just go and stand in the can and I kind of in my head go, okay, it's probably been two racers now, three racers. I'll wait a couple more minutes and then I'll come out. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: Yeah. So if I was ever a starter or anything, it was terrible because I hear, you know, the DNF on the radio <laughs> and stuff like
1: that. Okay. So yeah. but then once she's finished and you yeah. know how she's placed, yeah. were you like oh, – Totally. Losing yeah. it? Yeah.
0: yeah <laughs> totally. And it's just so fun to be – at the um at the games because you're just surrounded by people who are so happy yeah. for Canada. oh Right? Like, so I
1: have goosebumps cuz yeah. it's like such a a, a surreal feeling that yeah. I I hope a lot of people get to experience even yeah. if just in the crowd cuz it's it's so cool. It
0: is and I remember um Mac Mark, mom saying to me there's nothing like the first gold medal, right? Like it's uh, yeah, no it was cool and it was you know it's fun I wish more of my family could have come and I think in yeah. hindsight once they saw it all they wished they had come to and yep. of course didn't have the opportunity to, to in Beijing yeah,
1: but it was you
0: know it was great having and Molly's uh, her kind of first trainer like not affiliated with um with um Alpine Canada or mm. or the ski club or anything but that she worked with after she tore her first ACL she came with us so it was really special having oh, her there too that. yeah yeah
1: oh yeah. I I'm like I have goosebumps because I can't imagine what it's like to be a mom and on the other side of it. So it's yeah. cool to hear the stories and yeah, what it was yeah. like for sure. And it's
0: hard. Like you just want to wait. like You just want your kids to come up in the stands and see you after too. But of course they're going for dope and control and everything. Yeah. So it can be a while before you see them. Totally. So uh, but you just kind of want to, you know, you want them to come and sit with you, but it's great at the games because there's so many Canadians and local people that go as course workers and stuff too, right? Yeah. That, you know, yeah. that we're from the community too. So, some of them would come and sit with me during, you know, like, when it was close to her race time and stuff. Amazing. So that was really fun. So it's kind of a nice bond that I have with, you know, some of the weasel workers and things. Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. So, the, so the, for everyone that doesn't know, those are the people that help create the course and put all the fencing up and everything in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love that. Um, I feel like what I'm getting is because you brought up, up um Max family that like. Yeah. Is the para team like kind of a the parent team a family as well? Um,
0: not all of them.
1: Okay. Um, because some of you get along really well.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and I mean, when you're at something like the games and stuff, for sure, everybody's yeah. together and stuff. But there's, you know, I guess you keep in touch with the parents of the not all the athletes stay in touch in the off season. Yeah, too. true, true, they're, true. It's um, you know, they're they're not. Um, I mean, we. Coming from Whistler and looking at the, especially the boys or the men that are on the Canadian Alpine team right now, they all grew up together in Whistler. They're all kind of the same birth year and stuff. So they're a really tight group and all the parents are really tight. And we all know each other because our kids are all the same age. The para-athletes come from across, they didn't grow up racing together. They kind of came together as para-athletes down the Mm -hmm. road. Mm-hmm. So it's really, you know, so some of them gel really well. I mean, they're all friends for sure. Yeah. They all are very supportive of each other, but some of them, um, you know, are 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 more they are. alike and stay connected. So you just end up yeah. naturally being more connected with those patients yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, um, I've seen your daughter a couple times lately, and she's absolutely lovely. Yeah. And then I've been watching her social media, um, and her and Mac and the boys have been sledding. Yes, yeah. How do you feel it, about that?
0: It, you know what? I, that makes me as nervous as her, <laughs> you know, going it. down the hill at 120 kilometers an hour in I a totally different way for sure, just because of the avalanche danger yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I, you know, I have—I mean, I don't have any control over anything she does, really. <laughs> but I have l- way less control over this. So the only thing I say to her now is. Um, I mean, she's 23. She's going to do what she's going to do, but yeah. I, I want to know when she's going out Yeah, and I want to know where she's going. And I just, yeah. I say to her, tell me what time I should start worrying if I haven't heard from you. And so I'm then blessed. if she says six o'clock or eight o'clock or whatever, then when that time rolls around, I start, feeling, I t- start going, I start Go, should I worry yet?
1: <laughs> yeah. I,
0: yeah. I so that, think that's totally that's fair. The part that's, But I, I trust her judgment. I, I know she's, uh, She's very smart. I mean, you know, mistakes happen for sure. And the unknown happens when you're out in the backcountry for yeah. sure. But I know she's learned a lot and she can, she's always a student of it as you have to be. Yeah. And I know and I trust her judgment and and I know she won't hesitate to back down from something that she doesn't think is safe, even if yeah. other people are doing it and you mm-hmm. have to be like that. So mm-hmm. I, I know she'll never feel pressured into doing something she doesn't feel is okay. So I trust that, but there's still that huge Unknown. So yeah, it's a totally different worry, but it's, um, you know, I said to her, you're just like making me old constantly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You don't look old. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> there's no um,
0: there's no pause button with these athletes, right? There's a, yeah, it's you know, true. as you know, right? It's just go more. Those we those always those want buttons. more. Yeah, and it, you know, could be a little bit of a different avenue, or whatever. But it's yeah. constant going. Yeah, that's so the awesome. Next challenge. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. so awesome. Um, just to wrap this up, do you have any advice for parents that may have up and coming athletes or athletes that may want to be up and coming?
0: Um, I think you know, really, my main advice would be you just got to let them do what their passion is. Right. Yeah. I've, I've seen the gamut of kids that are kind of forced to do it. Cause it's, it's almost like the parents are living vicariously through mm-hmm. them.
1: Mm-hmm. And I remember
0: saying to my kids always, because they were so busy between gymnastics and basketball and skiing and school and everything else. I remember saying to them, you know, you have to tell me this is what you want to be doing. Like I don't want you feeling any pressure to be doing any of this because I used to joke that, you know, I don't want to be paying for your counseling when you're in your 20s because, you know, you lost your high school or whatever. So I think it's important to, you know, have constant check ins with them and make sure that, uh, you know, it's what they want to be doing. But if it's what they want to be doing, like facilitate it any way you can. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm very I'm also very determined to not be that parent on the hill who interferes too right like you know they're they're in charge the coaches are in charge of them when they're off skiing and the coaches know best and uh and for sure there's things you need to do to be able to support them and stuff but you just gotta you know they'll come to you when they need help too right you give them the the freedom to be choosing that and they're gonna they're gonna come to you when they need if you kind of are too helicopter parenting on them they're gonna make it difficult right so it's um yeah, but, yeah, I'm, I'm very big on letting them follow their passion.
1: That's awesome. That's really good advice, and I, I hope that uh, everyone takes that and flies with it because it seems to be the theme throughout with the, yeah. the parents right now, yeah. which is really cool. Um, I want to thank you so much for dropping in with us today, and I wish you the best of luck on this hike. I can't wait thank to you. see how it goes. <laughs> thank you, and thank you so
0: much. That was fun,
1: yeah. My pleasure. Thanks so much for dropping in today. You can find everything you want to know about dropping in with Mercedes at droppinginwithmercedes.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Thanks DJ Kenosis for the music and my mom for the intro voice.